and welcome once again to Mindful Recovery, the podcast dedicated to helping you recover from trauma and addictions in a mindful way. I'm Robert Cox, and I am the host of Mindful Recovery. This week on Episode 3, we're going to be discussing pain management, a huge area in the field of addictions. Before we get started, though, I'd like to say, again, as I do each week, that this podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. It is rather intended to be a tool in conjunction with your regular therapy in the hopes that you'll be able to better regulate between those sessions if things get difficult or hard or you begin craving. In starting off this week's episode, I really wanted to discuss pain medication and its place in the world and the rise of addiction in our society. The fastest growing segment right now of addiction is in the elderly. And we're seeing that heroin is on the rise. And both of these are related really to the overprescribing of opiates in the use of pain management. I'm not saying, and I want you to understand that while we go through this podcast, I am not saying that there is no place for opiate medications. Certainly, if we have a bone sticking out of our leg or, or we've just come out of a complicated surgery, we're going to experience a level of pain that we might not be able to manage just with these mindfulness exercises. And opiates might be necessary as much as we don't want them to be if we're in recovery. What I've found from personal experience and what I find works with my patients is a really good plan for management of those pain medications that includes consultation and real honesty with your physician about prescribing of those opiates. So my general rule for the use of opiates when I'm recovering from a surgery or some other situation is that I will use first the mindfulness methods that I know to use, and if those work to manage the pain, then I'm fine. If they're not working to manage the pain, then I start with ibuprofen and Tylenol and integrate those on an alternating basis. And if that's not working then and only then, will I take that opiate medication as prescribed? And when I find that any of these other methods are working to manage my pain, then the the rest of the opiate prescription goes down the toilet pretty quickly. And I've been clean a long time, 27 years almost, and I still maintain these rules around using opiate medications because I know how easily the brain can turn to craving those things and it becomes a downward slide into relapse. Opiates are probably one of the strongest medications in how they affect the brain. We talked last week about how quickly they can hijack the brain and the craving takes over and before you know it you're running on automatic pilot. This is one of the reasons, really, that we have such an increase in heroin use in the United States recently. The heroin is making a huge comeback, especially in major cities. And even in the small town where I live, we see an increase in heroin use over methamphetamines and other drugs, primarily because people become addicted to these opiates that they're being prescribed by their doctors. And then the doctor will no longer, because he is a responsible physician, prescribe those opiates, but the cravings have come. And so heroin becomes a good replacement. It's a little cheaper in a lot of cases than some of the opiates that are out there. And let's be realistic, if I run out of the opiate medications the doctor prescribes, the guy on the street corner, while it's not legal, is not going to ask for a prescription before he sells to me. So we see that heroin becomes an alternative, a replacement. 
And when we're craving, we're not particularly concerned about those legal issues. So now that we've talked a little bit about why heroin's on the rise and the seriousness of opiate addiction and how it's on the rise in this country, I really want to get into discussing how mindfulness can help us to regulate pain and reduce the need for opiates in many cases. And I've put some research out there on my website along with some other articles. And you can go to my podcast webpage at www.mindfulrecoverypodcast.com and get those articles. They really are worth taking the extra time to read um, and educate yourself about the usefulness of, of mindfulness practice in pain control and what the limits are there. More and more research is showing that this mindfulness practice is very powerful in controlling pain. Part of that reason, and I want to talk about this, is that pain is often related to underlying trauma. I'm going to leave a link to Bessel van der Kolk's book about this issue, and it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And really, this book is about more the idea that trauma becomes such a big deal that the brain can't really process it. And so we store it in places as memories in our body. So then later when we experience stress in these areas, that can create anxiety and even manifest as pain. There is a lot of research coming out now that links the idea of pain and this emotional kind of trauma that we've experienced in early life to chronic pain disorders. And along those lines, I'm also going to include a link to an article called The Connections Between Emotional Stress, Trauma, and Physical Pain. It's put out by Psychology Today. It's on a blog by Suzanne Babel, Ph.D., And she is involved with what we call somatic psychology, which is the study of these exact things, how the body creates pain psychologically. It used to be thought that people would go to the doctor and they couldn't find a reason. They would say, it's all in your head. Well, it turns out that your head can drive some very real pain. And so today we're going to deal with that. And that issue that the pain that your head can create out of that trauma place, we can also regulate with mindfulness by rewiring the brain and begin again like we have done in some of the previous exercises to tell the body it's all okay so that the body can tell the brain it's all okay. And remember from our prior discussions that when we can calm the body in this way, then we begin to calm the mind. And we can really begin to rewire that body-brain connection and in that way begin to regulate pain. So I want to go ahead and get started with the exercise. I'd like you to get comfortable in your chair. Put your feet on the floor. Let's start with our breathing like we always do. I want you to breathe in and count to three and just pay attention to the breath that goes in through your nose and fills your lungs. One two, three, and then I want you to hold it for a count of two, and breathe out through your mouth, three, two, one. I want you to take a few breaths like this and begin to feel your body relax from your feet up through your back. As you breathe out, you feel yourself sink deeper into the chair. And you count to yourself, three, two, 
one as you breathe out, allowing yourself to sink more deeply. Feel the relaxation spread from your back up into your shoulders and your arms and your upper torso really begins to release and relax. And you breathe out three, two, one, and you feel yourself sinking deeper into your seat. And now you're going to relax your head and neck in the same way. Just let everything sink into the chair. And I want you to start paying attention to your body and notice the pain in your body that you wanted to focus on today. Kind of notice where that is and how that feels. Just observe it without attaching to it. Don't think too deeply about it. Just kind of notice that it's there and notice that it's uncomfortable. And then I want you to scan your body from your feet all the way up. How do your feet feel? How do your legs feel, your knees? And I want you to find that part of your body as you're doing this scan that really does feel good, that feels relaxed. And maybe you're... Maybe your shoulders are just really relaxed today, especially after we've done the breathing, and they feel good. And I want you to focus on that feeling, that good, kind of relaxed sensation. Maybe it's in your neck. I want you to focus on that relaxed sensation for a length of two breaths in and two breaths out. So we breathe in two, three, out, two, three, and we just focus on how good that one part of our body feels. Now we're going to redirect our attention again, and we're going to redirect it to that part of our body that hurts, and we're going to visualize some of that good, relaxed feeling moving down into that part of our body that is in pain and we're going to feel it relax and begin to ease up just a little bit just a little and then we're going to go back to that part of our body that feels really good we're going to focus on in again for a few breaths just breathing in that good fresh healing air and allowing that good part of our body to fill up again and then we're going to go back to that part of our body that hurts. Maybe it's the knees or the feet. And we're going to focus on that sensation of pain. And we're going to breathe all that good air that we took in right into that hurt place and allow it to heal as we breathe out. Three, two, one. And as we continue this exercise, we're going to spend more and more time focusing on the part of our body that feels good and less and less on the part of the body that is uncomfortable, hurts. And as we focus on that part that hurts, we might even tell our body that it's okay, that we're not under attack right now, that there is no trauma that we're experiencing right now, that we're safe in the room we're in and see if we feel that release a little more, tension in our body go away a little more as we begin to feel safe. 
And you can practice this exercise as long as you need to. Right now we're going to scan the whole body again and see how we feel. We're going to start at our feet and move our way up through our legs. How do they feel? All the way up to our lower back and into the middle back. And up through our neck. And as we do this, we're going to ask ourselves how that painful spot feels now. Is it a little bit better? Do we need to focus this exercise on it a little more? And when we're finished, we're just going to come back to the place we are in our chair. We're going to open our eyes, breathe in, take a few relaxing breaths, and come back to the here and now. So that entire exercise really was only about six minutes long, and you can expand it to be as long as you need it to be. I want you to really get deep into it and really practice moving those good feelings in the body to the places that hurt. Focus on breathing through that soreness and allowing it to relax. And at the same time, I really want you to be aware if any kind of emotions are coming up, if anything's coming up, if it feels like there's any trauma place that's being triggered while you're doing this exercise, I want you to be really aware of that and take that into your therapist and discuss that, you know, what came up. And maybe in dealing with these places, then in therapy, we can begin to control that pain as well because of that connection that we've talked about earlier. Now, like I said, this is not going to be an exercise that works for every form of pain. We do have some very real, very physical pain at times. We break bones, we have surgeries, we have dental work done, and these things can cause very real pain that is sometimes not manageable with these techniques. But I will say this, I've had a good deal of dental work done in the past year and a half, and through much of that, I've had dentists tell me that I should be taking more pain medication than I am. Now, I don't think they were bad doctors. They weren't trying to push drugs on me. They just weren't used to someone who had developed this kind of level of tolerance. And a lot of that was related to me being able to use these techniques to really redirect the pain and really focus on the fact that it's going to hurt for a little while, but I'm going to be okay and build my resistance in that way as well. So it's not that I don't always feel the pain. Sometimes it's just that I'm willing to tolerate the pain, knowing that it will end, and that I really don't want to rely on opiates if I don't have to. I want to reiterate again that any pain management system, anytime you're dealing with opiates or other painkillers, even, even over-the-counter pain medications, I really want you to do this in conjunction with your family doctor. I want you to do this in conjunction with him. And if your family doctor is reasonable about these medications, he's going to welcome the conversation about the fact that you've had problems with opiates in the past or that you're concerned about having problems with them. And he's going to help you set up a program that's going to work for you. I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, next week, we're going to be talking with Dwayne Osterland, who is the co-creator of the Novus Mindful Life Institute and specializes in the treatment of sexual addictions. This is an area that's really kind of outside of my expertise with addictions, and I'm really excited to be able to talk to him about how sexual addiction resembles other addictions in the processes that it undergoes. 
how people begin with the obsession and and the planning and that that begins to create the craving and I look forward to speaking with him about those issues. And Dwayne also treats these addictions from a mindfulness perspective. So I'm really interested in seeing how he uses mindfulness in his practice and sharing that with you. And down the road, I have a few more people lined up for interviews. I don't want to give away any big surprises, but people generally who can help you in ways that maybe I can't, where their strengths are outside of my field of expertise. And on a final note, I'm really interested in how this podcast might be helping you. So I really would like to hear from some of my listeners out there. Has this been a useful tool for you? Has it been helping you to regulate? I know from personal and professional experience that mindfulness works, but there can be sticking points around the area of getting rid of those errant thoughts that want to run around in your head like little monkeys. So if you're having these sticking points, please feel free to email me. And you can drop that email to mindful recovery at life recovery consulting.com again that's mindful recovery at life recovery consulting.com or you can simply go to my website at www.liferecoveryconsulting.org and go to the contact page and get a hold of me that way And as we come to the end of another episode, I want to thank you again for being here. I consider it such an honor to be able to walk with people through their journey to recovery. And I'd invite you again next week to episode four. We'll see you then on Mindful Recovery.